Good morning in the house of the Lord. Good morning. Oh, it's a live crowd. I like it. Give it all to God who's first in my life, to my wife, my three boys. I said, I told to the 9 a.m. service. Every seems like every time I come up here, it's an addition to the family. That's his fault. That's his fault. That's his fault. Uh, but we're blessed. Uh, give it on to the pastors of this house. Come on, can we give it up? Boom. Yeah. The Bible says the man of God is worthy of double honor. Double honor. And we got great leaders. Great leaders, great leaders. And I thank God for them on today. I want to get into the word. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 9, starting at the first verse. John chapter 9, starting at the first verse. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Notice the text. He saw the man before he saw the issue. I wonder what would happen if we, as a world, would see people as people before we see people with baggage. Because the truth of the matter is that we all got it. Oh, I know you're looking real good. You're smiling, your hair done, haircut fresh. But you got baggage. <laughs> and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus answered them, neither hath this man sinned. In other words, it's not his fault, nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Right there, that lets me know that some of the problems that I have in my life aren't the result of my own actions. I didn't say all. I said some. Some were meant for the glory of God. If you can receive that today, ooh, man. I must work. This is Jesus talking. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, ah, I am the light of the world. Can you go to 23? 9 and 23. We're going to read a couple more. Just stay with me, y'all. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. And what's happening here is that the Pharisees and the scribes are jealous that this man had received his sight. And now they call his parents into question and say, is this your son? Because we just don't believe that what Jesus just did in his life. Sometimes God, will, sometimes God will give you a blessing, give you a miracle in your life that people won't even believe. The result of the turnaround, that the effect of just one touch from him, what it would do. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. Yes, Lord. Then it said they to him again, what did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? Next verse. He answered them, I have told you already. You did not hear. Wherefore, would you hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? 
Next verse. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from where he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing? You know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened my eyes. I'd like to talk to you for a little while into the subject. Look to the person next to you and say, I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you today for the word. I thank you today for this just awesome opportunity. I pray today that you will speak to our heart, our hearts and our minds. I pray that the seed that you will give me, the word of God, will take root in us and grow. I pray that you would give me the boldness to speak it like you gave it to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Growing up, I was different. You see the results of that now. Sorry, right, I'm weird. I accept, I accept my weirdness. Uh, my, my mother and father had a plan. The plan was two children, one boy, one girl. So when they had my older brother, it was a boy. When they had me, old boy. <laughs> they tried again, had twins. I was stuck in the middle. Oh, look at my bro right there. He's verified. What's up? And, uh, uh, Man, he just messed my train of thought up. Uh, when we went to the store, people would be like, oh, he's so cute. That's Herbie. He's a good-looking one. Then they would go to the twins. Oh, they're the twins. Twins are so cute. And I would be stuck in the shopping cart. My name is Justin Elijah Cole. <laughs> middle child syndrome. If you're a middle child, you know what I'm talking about. I had a knack. I had this knack for responding to dares, any dares that these guys would give me because I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And one night, one particular night, we were in a car waiting for my mom to go grocery shopping. As I look back at it now, now I'm a parent, that was kind of sort of like bad parenting. <laughs> Leaving a, two teenage boys and two double-digit twins in the car by themselves for over an hour. What do you think? What do you expect to happen, man? And, uh... My brothers dared me. They said, we dare you. I said, what? We dare you to scream, Jesus is coming back. I said, bet. What am I going to get? Our last honey bun. Glazed icing. Deal. I opened up the door. Jesus is coming back. I, I, it was ringing loud. Say it again. Say it again. I dare you. Second time, Jesus is coming back. That was for the son, father, son. And I, one more time, Jesus is, I let it ring the last time, coming back. I couldn't get to the C and K and back because I saw this familiar lady rolling out of the Acme store with a cart. You know, if you see my mom, she's very short, but don't let it fool you. And she rolls out, she just looks up, put her head down, shook her head. I closed the door. And there was, there was a sense of silence because everyone knew what was going to take place. We got home and I got my first whooping for preaching the gospel <laughs> of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget it. My mom, you know, you know, you know, you know, you, you know, when, when they're giving you a spanking, they tell you, what did I tell you? I'm giving you this for disturbing the, I'm 
like this. God already, huh? Disturbing the peace. Disturbing the peace. Hmm. Quite interesting because when you look at the text that we found today in John chapter 9, this is exactly what Jesus aimed to do as he passed by the streets in Jerusalem when he encountered a blind man. And the peace that he disturbed was false of the Pharisees and scribes because for a long time this blind man begged on the streets for help, but no one gave him any help. So what does Jesus come Anytime you see Jesus passing by in the Bible, you know something miraculous is about to happen. And I feel like he's passing by this in this place right now. And he's looking for someone that's blind and maybe someone that's been begging for him to change their life. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I am going to ask you to open up your heart and minds to receive what he's going to drop as he passes by. If you believe it, shout amen. He's moving through the streets, him and his posse, a.k.a. the disciples. And his disciples begin to become a little nosy and naive. And they question, yo, Jesus, why is this man like this? Is it his parents' fault? Is it because of some sin that this man has committed? In other words, they speculate. Which leads me to my first point. Speculation is a destructive tool that operates on unfounded or unsubstantiated information. One way of maintaining a level of respect or honor is to reject the temptation to speculate by approaching the source and gathering facts based on truth. This causes one to save time and energy and establishes a standard toward truth. I'll never forget it because I learned this lesson the hard way. I'm going to put myself on the burner. I was in the barbershop, and you know when you're in the barbershop, there's, there's barber talk. My barber started uh, talking about this young lady that we had grew up with and how she was engaged to be married. And they said, she's pregnant. I learned this the hard way, y'all. I should have shut it down when, it, when this news came to me and said, how do you know that? But I allowed it to go in one ear and stay in instead of going in one ear and going out the other I saw an interesting post on Facebook this week that said, uh, gossip stops when, they, when a wise person hears it. I saw this young lady at church the next Sunday. And based on what I was told, went up to her. She had gained a little weight. Said to her, Congratulations. And looked down, she, I didn't even say what congratulations was, was for. She just automatically knew. And her eyebrows raised and said, she said, I'm not. Before she could even say pregnant, I got out of Dodge. <laughs> you already, there's a story in the Bible that says that, um, that the Pharisees and scribes wanted to stone Jesus. And they said he miraculously passed through the midst of them. Church had just dismissed, so everyone was walking, they were talking, and, and once I realized that she knew that I was congratulating on something that hurt, something that wasn't true, I said, oh, yes. Uh, did you call me, sister? <laughs> now, she had every right, she had every right intention if she wanted to, to put her paws on me, to grab my shirt, to pull me back, to tell me off, but his grace and mercy <laughs> saved me on that day. I made the mistake of assuming something that wasn't that wasn't true. 
the disciples in our text today had the same perspective for a quick second. For you see, they were focused on the why of why this man had an issue instead of the how. How can we help him? Instead of, instead, instead of turning their energy and time on concentrating how we can help this man get through, they were focusing on how did he end up like this. For you see, religious folks speculate, but kingdom folk illustrate God's love. It's quiet in here. That's all right. Jesus says neither he nor his parents did this. But if you want to blame somebody, in fact, blame me. Because he is this way so that I can be glorified. Which leads me to my first dare. I dare you to believe that some of your problems, your obstacles, your tough situations, perhaps even some sicknesses were placed in your life so that God can be glorified. That's why your house ain't perfect now. Sometimes it's chaotic and sometimes there's some contempt. But God is still glorified because you can still come to church with a smile on your face, lifting up holy hands, knowing that it's imperfect, but he's working it out. Look at somebody and say he's working it out. I just saw a lady over there go, yes, yes, yes. He's working it out. Some of your problems were pre-planned. And I'm learning that the solution has already been prepared. Perhaps that's why you're single now. That's not punishment. It's preparation. And what you're doing right now while you're waiting on Mr. Right or Miss Right comes to come is showing, hopefully, that God is glorified. Because while I'm waiting, I'll be in the presence of God. Because I know if I'm in the presence of God and I ask him, if it's according to his will, he'll send the right person. Oh, my God, right to me. Maybe that's why your marriage is a little rocky right now. Marriage won't always be peaches and cream. Sometimes it's rocky road ice cream flavors. And sometimes you have what I like to call intense times of fellowship with your wife or your husband. Come on, y'all, look, look, look. You ain't, you ain't got to look. Listen, it's the word. It's the truth. You ain't got to look at them. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. If you're sitting next to them, don't look at them. Just say amen. But God is still glorified in it. He takes the imperfections of a thing and produces beauty out of it. He takes my weakness and gives me strength. He exchanges my beauty for my ashes and gives me joy for my sorrow. Takes my weakness and gives me strength. You don't believe me. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And it reads, we got it, there it is. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. This is Paul talking. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest on me. I'm going to glory in what I'm going through, because the power of Christ is resting on me. That's why your reaction to adversity and, 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 and problems is so important. Because the power of Christ is resting on you. And people are looking to see how you respond to challenges. Therefore, I take pleasure. Man, Paul, you're a deep dude. In affirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, 
and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Look at the person next to you and say, he's getting glory out of my problems. Woo. Because he that begun a good work, he that started the good work, shall perform it, shall be an impact and be seen as he orchestrates what's going on in my life. He that started the work shall perform it until the day of Jesus. What I'm learning is that it's just not a day, it's an appointed day. In other words, God has me on his calendar. And when it is time, ah, my God, he shall show himself strong. But while I'm waiting, I'm going to work through my imperfections. Because I realize that he's with me every step of the way. If you believe it, shout amen. There is an appointed day for your miracle. And I believe today is a day for somebody up in here. Let's get to the miracle. Jesus approaches this blind man, spits on the ground. When I read that, I said, oh, man, he just spit on the ground in front of him. So I'm learning about Jesus. Jesus, he didn't, do that. he didn't do all the miracles the same because he didn't want people to get used to how he always does things. Because every now and then he changes it up. So I don't want you to get used to the process. I want, you to get you, I want you to get used to the God of the process. So he spits on the ground. I can imagine being that blind man and Jesus being so close to me and hearing Jesus well up. The blind man can't see. But the Bible says, says nothing about his hearing. So I can imagine he's like, yo, what is this guy doing? But I'm in the predicament that I'm in. And I've been this way a long time. So when Jesus comes and he does something, a little something out of usual, I'm going with the flow because nobody else has done nothing. A lot of you have tried and got consultation and tried different things from different people. But the word for today is to try God now. And when he does it unusually, just go with the flow. Woo! Ah, here you go. Just go with the flow. Spits on the ground. And then, and then, and then he takes his spit. I'm, this is Bible. This is not me just talking. I'm, I'm giving you Bible. And, and, and he plays in the dust of the earth. Interesting, because the last time he played with dust, he created Adam. And then the Bible says he breathed nostrils. And Adam, oh, I ain't got time. I ain't got time to go there. I ain't got time to go there. He, 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 he plays with the dust with this blind man. And, 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 and uh, uh, his spit creates an ointment with the dust. And I like to call it a mud pack or, or, or a clay pack. And then he does something even crazier. He puts it on the man's eyes. And the man is probably like, what is he doing? But anytime Jesus touches something, mm. look at somebody and just say, I want him to lay his hand on me. Puts his hand on him and he says, go. And the blind man begins to follow the instructions of God. And he begins to walk, but nothing happens, according to the text. He's walking, but he's still blind. And I can imagine he probably got about five to seven steps of walking this way, and he probably turned around and looked at, probably looked at Jesus thinking, wait a minute, I still can't see, even though you touched me. Even if I could see, 
I can't clearly see because of what you put on me. Have you ever thought or ever been in a situation where God puts something on you and you say, Lord, with all the stuff you put on me, how can I still see and how can I still get up? And I can imagine Jesus probably saying to this man, persistence. Persist through. Not only follow through, but persist through. This man goes with, goes with more on him now than he had before he encountered Jesus. For you see, he received the touch, but he didn't receive the healing. Sometimes God will touch you, but the healing isn't always instantaneously. Sometimes the healing goes when you're still walking in the dark. He touched me. Nothing happened. No, just walk it out. And by faith, as you're walking, you'll begin to see that God is working out your miracle. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. This allows me to know that for sometimes for the next level for me to get into my life, that sometimes I'm going to have to walk blind. And just trust that while it looks like I'm in the dark, he's leading me through the dark. Yea, though I walk. Through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the voice of God uh, is reigning true on the inside and pointing me this way. I can't see physically, but the scripture says the just shall live by faith. And not by what? Sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I must believe from the inside. And then I'll be able to see ah, on the outside. I dare you to believe that while you're going through the dark, he's working it out. I dare you to continue to work on that marriage and realize that it's tough now. But I'm following God in my love, and I'm walking it out in love, and he's working it out. Brother Josh, I dare you to believe to fill out college applications to schools that you thought you couldn't get into. I dare you to start that business. I dare you to walk out the next step, even though you can't see it. But all you hear in your hearing is go, 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 go. And you'll... Get to the place where he's leading you. I dare you. I dare you to begin looking for that house. You've been talking about it. Start moving. I dare you to pay the tithe even when the money is tight. I dare you to persist. I dare you to push. Push to the promise. While you're pushing to the promise, you're pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Realizing that there is power in your progress. But not only is there power in your progress, there's a purpose to the pain while you're going through. This man gets to the pool of Siloam. Why did I just do that? Gets to the pool of Siloam. And right there while I was, I was studying, God says to me, stop, stop, Jay. Yo, Jay, stop. That's how he, that's how he talks to me. I don't know how he talks to you. He's like, yo, stop. 
So I said, all right. I said, what's up? He said, um, research the pool of Siloam. I said, research the pool of Siloam? Okay, all right. Uh, so I, the beginning of the research, the pool of Siloam means sent. So the place where the man was going was the place that he was sent to go. I said, all right, God, what do you mean? He said, no, 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 go back in the Old Testament. So one of the first places that we see in the Bible about where the pool of, pool of Siloam is referenced is in 1 Kings, the first chapter in the 28th verse. I'm not going to go there. But the pool of Siloam's main source of water comes from the Jihan Spring. The Jihan Spring is special because the Bible declares that this is the place where Solomon was anointed king. You may not think it's important, but Solomon was anointed king in secret because he had a threat on his own life that came from his own brother, Adonijah. Adonijah wanted to kill Solomon because if he gets rid of Solomon, he can become king. Adonijah wanted to be king even if it meant taking his own brother's life. Can I help someone in here? There are people that you know that are seeking to destroy your life. And if they're not, the kingdom of darkness is seeking to destroy your life. But like Adonijah, they can't. Why? Ask me why. Because God had his hand on Solomon. And just like God had his hand on Solomon, God has his hand on you. That's why the car accident didn't take you away. Because God had his hand on you. That's why the sickness didn't kill you. Because God has his hand on you. I don't know about you, but I want God to keep his hand on me. What is his hand a symbol of? His hand is a symbol of the anointing. Jihan means anointing. So when Solomon was being anointed, he was being anointed on the outside, but he actually was stepping in a place that was already anointed that was designed by God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God has an anointing for you, a waiting for you on the next level, and he's waiting for you to step right into it. And here's what I'm learning, is that when you step into the things that God has called you to step into, you'll realize that the things that were holding you down are below, and now you're stepping over. Next level. Next level. My freshman year of high school, I was cut. From the basketball team. One of the most traumatic moments of my life. Because I was good. Thought I was. This guy, Coach Epstein, cut me. He couldn't coach now that I think about it. <laughs> Back in the day, they put your name, your name, the team, the name list posted on the gym wall. But when we came in the gym, I was thinking I made the team. I saw all these other bums' names on the wall. My name wasn't there, and I said, oh, man. So they started teasing me. I cried, humiliated. But that year, I learned something. I practiced more than ever. In the snow, I was out there. In the rain, I was out there. When it was windy, I was out there. Because I realized that someone thought I wasn't good enough. But I didn't allow that to stop me from dreaming, so I kept going and kept practicing. Next year, I made the squad and became the star of the team only to learn that during the season, some of the players were still hating on me because they still thought that I was operating in last year. But I had practiced and I had prepared, so I was operating on a different level. Yo, son, you can't check me now because I practiced and I got where I needed to be, so let's ball. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking about basketball, but you can apply it to life. Practice and prepare so the next time that situation comes, yo, you're not ready this time because I'm prepared. Let's go. Yeah, he said it. Let's go. Here's what I loved about my coach. Coach Epstein had got fired. 
Coach Marciano got hired, kept me on the team. And when the players came to try to undermine me, he said, no, this is my guy right here. For you see, one man cut me, but the next man uplifted me. That's a prophetic word for a lady in here right now. One man, he cut you, but the next man is going to uplift you. And I came today to tell somebody, get yourself ready, beat that face, buy that dress, get in the gym, because when he comes, he wants to see somebody that's ready. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Mr. Wright is coming. Stop playing. One coach demoted me, but another coach promoted me. I learned in hindsight that the setback was actually a setup to build character in me. For you see, problems provide promotion. Second place in the Bible that we read about in the pool of Siloam is found in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, the 32nd chapter, around the 20th verse. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to summarize it. King Hezekiah is facing an oncoming invasion from King Sennacherib and the Assyrian army. He blocks the water from flowing outside and instead constructs a tunnel. This is Bible. Constructs a tunnel that goes under the city of Jerusalem. Why? Because water was the city's most important resource. They bathed in it, but they also drank it. And King Hezekiah knew that the first uh, a strategy that King Sennacherib and the Assyrian army was going to do was either take over the water that was flowing from outside the city, because if we get the water, they can only survive for so long, because they're going to die of thirst if we get control of the water. So King Hezekiah knows this, and he has the men, where are my men at, to construct a tunnel that went under the city. So now that the water, the water was no longer on the outside, it was flowing from within. That's important because in the Bible, water represents life in God's Holy Spirit. And I wonder what will happen if many of us, many of us will begin to operate in the Spirit of God that flows from within <laughs> to without. We're looking for help on the outside, and God is like, no, I got the solution, and it's on the inside. It's on the inside of you. Stop getting the consultation from the outside and seek me on the inside. And when you seek me, I will give you the the answers. Look at somebody and say, he'll give me the answers. King Hezekiah defeats the Assyrian army because they had water flowing from within. He shifts it, shifting and ensuring that the flesh water again flowed from within. This allows me to know that sometimes external circumstances are often an indicator of a need for internal improvement. Let me say that again. Sometimes your external circumstances and your challenges are often an indicator that, they, that you need an improvement internally. More importantly, this allows me to know that the provision or solution always comes from within. Watch this. Uh, uh, this week I was driving to work and I heard this sound on the outside. I heard this sound while driving. I was driving to work and rolled the windows down. I heard. So, you know, you know we, we, always, we all do this. I look to the, the person next to me, and I'm listening at their car, and I'm like, man, something is wrong with your car. <laughs> you know, I gave them a the look like. They drove off, but something amazing happened. The sound went away. I, I hit on the gas, got to the next light. That car was going, and I heard. I'm looking at them like they're the problem. Oh, thank you, God. 
I'm looking at them like it was their problem, but it was actually me that was that had the issue. Sometimes we're looking at others as the problem. Thank you, God. You didn't give that to me at 9 a.m. But it's really us. I ain't going to get no amens, but I know I'm telling the truth in here. And the, 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 the sound was coming. I heard it on the outside, but the sound of the problem came from under the car. It was an external sign of a need. In need, uh, an external sign that showed a need of internal improvement. In other words, got to get my brake fixed. <laughs> if I don't get my brakes fixed, danger is awaiting. Car accident is waiting. Yeah, you're laughing, but it's saying to be applied to what you're going through right now. Get it fixed internally, or an accident is waiting to happen. <sighs> I'm not going to get no emails, God, but it's all good. You win from within. You win by listening to the voice of God from within the third place that we see, the Pool of Siloam is in our text today. And this blind man is walking. But nothing is changing. But didn't he touch me? Didn't Jesus just touch me? And I can imagine that's what the blind man is thinking. Didn't he just touch me? But I can imagine that Jesus was speaking to him, saying, go, 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 go. There's nothing changing right now. And it would be easy for me to just go back to where I came from. But going back to where you came from is, not, is going to result in the same problem. The problem won't be fixed. So he has to move in faith. Go, 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 go. That's the word for somebody in here right now. It's dark, but go. Go, go, and listen to the voice that God is speaking to you while you move. Because while you're moving, you're moving in alignment with God. You're moving in alignment with his will. So you may trip, but he's still saying, go, go, go. Get, 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 back, 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 up, 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 up. And move to the place where I'm sending you to go. See, a lot of us, it's easy to stay where we are. It's harder to move to where God wants us to go. So you have a choice of either staying or moving. Staying or moving. Staying or moving. I don't know about you, but I'd rather move. Because my healing and my miracle is the place where God sent me to go. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Here's why. Because faith is acting like something is so, even when it is not so, so that in order that it might be so, because God says so. You need to receive that. I'm going to repeat that again. Faith is acting like something is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, because God says so. This blind man is walking in faith. And I did a little research. From the starting point of where Jesus touched him, so the destination of where Jesus sent him is 2.7 miles. So for almost three miles, this blind man is walking, feeling his way. And I probably imagine that he bumped into some things, but he didn't allow that to stop him. Because I got to get to the place where he told me to go. Because if I get to that place, my miracle, my change, my breakthrough is there. Because sometimes God will touch you. But it's in the process of you following the instructions that he gave you that you begin to receive your healing. 
this blind man gets there. And he made it. Y'all missed it. This blind man gets there. And he made it. That was about like three. This blind man gets there. And he made it. Okay. I think y'all just saying it just because I said three. But let me, let me help you. Let me help you. His success, was, his success was someone else's normal. Nobody knew how hard it was for him to make it to where he got from. Because all they viewed was his issue. Nobody knows how hard it is for you to get to the place where you are right now. Because your success is their normal. That's okay. Because I'm going to the place where God sent me to go. And I know that my success is awaiting me while I, get, while I, while I go, while I get there. And when I get there, I'm going to give him a praise like I never got before. Because he brought me this far. And, and when I get to the pool, I'm going to dip my foot in there. Not only am I going to dip this leg in there, but I'm going to dip this leg in there. Because I know that as long as I get into the pool, I'm going to be changed. The pool represents God's presence. And I wonder what will happen if we begin to get into God's presence so deep and so prostrated before him. He said, I got to get in not only my hands, but the issue is in my eyes. So I'm going to put my eyes in the pool. I'm going to lay stretched out and I'm going to put my head under the water, which represents the spirit. I know I look silly, but I'm in the presence of God. And because I'm in the presence of God, my change is coming. The mud is coming off my eyes. I'm no longer blind, but now I see. Look at somebody and say, I see now. I see now. The more I dip, the more anxiety goes away. The more I dip, the more depression goes away. The more I dip, the more the voice that's telling me to kill myself fades away. And I hear God saying, I'm with you. Lo, I'm with you to the ends of the world. Put that good away. Stop cutting yourself and trust me. The more I praise him, I was told the more the blessing, the more the praises go up. The more the blessings come down. Does I have, do I have about five folk in here that'll take about 10 seconds and say, Lord, I'll praise you in spite of because you're worthy of it. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I dare you. Dare you to give God a praise. I'm closing. But since you're standing on your feet, stay standing. We'll bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. Hmm. Which leads me to this. Ms. D, can you put up the last slide? The first point that I talked to you about was sometimes the enemy works in the avenue of speculation. I shared my story. You know what happened. God spared me. P. 
second vice that the enemy wants to take away or chip at is your persistence. Uh-huh. Hey, wants you to get out of alignment of the will of God. Here's what I'm learning. D, that when this blind man, before he got healed and even after he got healed, it was haters. But God showed himself strong when this blind man was weak. And God demonstrated his love toward this blind man. Let's go. A, because this blind man had an appointment on God's calendar. And it was his day because Jesus was passing by, which leads me to the why. You, it's your day if you want to receive it. I'm not just putting letters up here just to put letters up here. Ms. D, can you tell them what it spells? It was this blind man's spa day. Ah, I came today to tell somebody it's your spa day today. And today God wants to make you over. I don't know who I'm talking to. Today, God wants to soothe you and allow you to bask in the aroma of his presence. Today, you have an appointment with God. And while we can all see each other publicly, we all got a public appointment with God. The work that he's going to do is going to be private because it's going to happen from within. It's going to happen from within. Look at somebody and say, it's happening right now within me. I just got to believe it. I just got to believe that he's working it out because all things are working together for my good. Not only are all things working together for my good, I serve a God that can do anything but. I serve a God that can do anything but. I serve a God that can do anything but. Matter of fact, I can do all things through Christ. I'm giving you Bible that strengthens me. So I won't be bothered but what I see externally because I got him on the inside of me. And greater is he that lives within inside of me than he that lives within the world. Stop focusing on what's happening on the outside and put your attention on the inside and say to God, Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. Come on, help me. I want. Yep. Where you gonna get that from? On the inside. Set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul. That's within. Yeah. Yeah.